With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Trump is taking issue with the mortality rate experts at the World Health Organization say is associated with novel coronavirus. Well, I think the three point four percent is really a false number. Now, this is just my hunch. And uh, but based on a lot of conversations with a lot of people that do this, because a lot of people will have this and it's very mild. On Fox News Hannity, the president said his hunch after talking to a lot of people is that the COVID-19 death rate is way under one percent. Eleven people in the U.S. have died of the virus and more than 160 have gotten infected. Jeremy Kondike, a former director of the U.S. Agency for International Development, says the number of cases are likely just the tip of the iceberg. He told CNBC Squawk Box the numbers are small because of testing shortfalls. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. could face a shortage of test kits for the coronavirus. Vice President Mike Pence indicated that there are enough kits for folks who came in contact with someone who has the disease and who are showing symptoms right now. However, there may not be enough for widespread tests of possible patients. Pence is in charge of the Trump administration's task force leading the coronavirus response. A coronavirus emergency spending bill is headed to President Trump's desk after final passage by the Senate. On this vote, the yeas are 96, the nays are 1. The roughly $8 billion package is aimed at helping states and the federal government respond to the growing coronavirus threat. That includes money to help speed development of a coronavirus vaccine. Before the vote, Alabama Republican Richard Shelby said it's time to put partisan politics aside. It's an aggressive plan, a vigorous plan that has received an overwhelming positive reaction. Vermont Democrat Pat Leahy. The crisis is real worldwide. There are now 92,000 confirmed cases. There are 3,200 confirmed deaths. I'm Terry Moore, NBC News Radio. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren says she'll talk about the role gender played in the presidential campaign later. She spoke after dropping out of the race today, saying if she admits it did play a role, she'll be labeled a whiner. In an effort to raise awareness of PTSD, a U.S. Army veteran is trekking across the country. Steve Myers, who suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder, says that when he was first diagnosed, there was no map to help him get the care he needed. As a veteran with uh, PTSD, I went through a lot of problems. So along the way, I've been sharing the things that have worked for me, the troubles that I've run into, and uh, hopefully they'll help people. After serving 20 years active duty with deployments, including Iraq and Afghanistan, Myers wishes to give hope to those who've lost it. His 6,000-mile walk started on February 15th. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. 
Alexa's getting a few new tricks. You can now ask Amazon's virtual assistant about traffic conditions and directions to your destination and then have her send the information to your phone. Alexa users can now also say, Alexa, tell me when there's a severe weather alert. Amazon also recently added an NBA update so you can catch the highlights on any Alexa-enabled device with a screen. You can also ask Alexa for an election update to hear the latest polling info, candidate positions, and debate recaps. Apple is now allowing apps to send push notifications. An update to the App Store says users who choose to opt in will see ads show up on their Apple devices alongside text messages and breaking news alerts. Waymo says the fifth generation of its driverless cars can now spot a car door opening about a city block away, distinguish pedestrians more than 1,500 feet away, and the autonomous cars can peek around blind spots. Google's self-driving car unit says the new software will be part of a fleet of Jaguars, which are expected to hit the roads sometime before the end of the year. Tech Report, Larry Olson, NBC News Radio. It's time to say see you later, alligator, to embarrassing and troublesome issues with your skin, nails, and hair with all-natural Cayman Alligator Oil. Cayman Oil is locally made, right in Louisiana, where people have been using alligator oil for centuries to treat all kinds of ailments. A drop a day of Cayman oil can help you say, see you later, alligator, to athlete's foot, nail fungus, acne, eczema, rashes, dry skin, cuts, infections, MRSA, scars, burns, sunburns, and even ingrown hair and dandruff. If you or someone you know is tired of suffering with any of these skin, nail, and hair troubles, you need to visit MyCayman.com to learn more about 100% natural, non-toxic, hypoallergenic Cayman oil and get a bottle today. Say, see you later, alligator, with Cayman alligator oil at MyCayman.com. That's MyCayman.com. MyCayman.com. Are you ready for a new experience? To see life from another point of view. New hope, new expression, new joy. This is your radio hour. Welcome to Viewpoint with Father John. And welcome. You are tuned to KCA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or on the World Wide Web at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John. I am your host, Father John Reed. By the way, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just go to Viewpoint with Father John. Also, if you missed a show or two, just go to YouTube and in the search bar, put Viewpoint with Father John, KCAA. All of God's children are endowed with extraordinary purpose and ability. I'm on a quest to help as many as possible in fully realizing their divinely inspired potential. Disposing a false narrative and embracing genuineness inspires clarity of purpose. My role is to help overcome self-imposed limitations in realizing one's spiritual potential. And folks, I want to tell you about a great place in Claremont called Claremont Pharmacy. That's owned by Dr. Nikki Ho, my personal friend and my personal pharmacist. She takes care of all of my diabetic needs. And so if you really want good old-fashioned service, Go to Claremont Pharmacy. It's on the corner of Indian Hill Boulevard and Arrow Highway. You'll really be glad that you did. It's pharmaceutical works done right. And I've been so glad since I switched there a few years ago. So this isn't a new thing. I've been with uh, Dr. Nikki Ho for about three years now. And I'll I'll tell you, I got fed up with some of these chain pharmacies. I know they have their place. But I'll tell you, from the moment that uh, Dr. Nikki has taken on my prescriptions, I really feel a lot better, and I, I'm very grateful to her. 
I also want to give a shout out to uh, Sam at Uppercuts Barber. Those of you who are looking at me through Ustream and also YouTube, don't I look beautiful? He made a, he did a good job. Of course, he told me if he was a plastic surgeon, I make him a rich man because I'm so ugly. He says, "Father, you have a face for radio. That's for sure." So anyhow, so Sam, thanks for giving me another great haircut. I appreciate it. Next time, maybe you can cut around the eyebrows a little bit. I appreciate that. You know, maybe a little tuck snip here and there. And also, while you're in Claremont. Why don't you venture on down to BC Cafe, my favorite eatery in the place, in that city. You'll find me there having breakfast quite often. And, you know, say hi to Rocky, the owner, or Jose, the manager, or any of the waitresses, or, or the bus personnel. They're just great folks there. You get a lot of food for your money. Not just a lot of food, but a lot of good food. I mean, what good is it to have a lot of food if you don't want to eat it because it's nasty? That won't happen at BC Cafe. Every meal you get there, you'll probably wind up taking some home and you'll have meals for a day or two afterwards. So good on them. And, and if you see me over there, please stop by my table and say hi. I do enjoy when you do that. I really enjoy talking to our listeners. Tonight, being that we've just entered the Lent season, and, and um, I know Frank was thinking that it must be Lent season because he looked in his dryer and found a bunch of Lent, but that's not what I meant, Frank. <laughs> He came to look through the glass. I keep it up, Father. You'll be running the show all by yourself. But what is Lent season? Now, I had uh, Father Gene Wallace on a few weeks ago to talk about Ash Wednesday and what that was about, and he did a wonderful job on that. And forget my voice. It's going in and out a little bit tonight. I'm sorry. Lent is a very special time. It's a very holy season. And, you know, we think, well, you don't have meat on Fridays, and you're supposed to give up chocolate and all these things. Why? Well, it's a time of preparation. And I say it's a time of preparation H, H for holiness. And uh, now they have your attention. <laughs> That's the whitest I've ever seen Frank's eyes get. <laughs> so it's a time for holiness. We're preparing for the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus which means we're preparing for our own death and resurrection because that's what life is, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. Look at the history of your life up until now, and you'll see where you thought things were going to be the way that they are at that moment for then on, and then it comes to an end. And you think that's the end, there's no more. And then there's new life, and you're taken to an even higher level of living. Now, I'll tell you, when I'm going through that death and resurrection, the, the, the three days in the tomb, so to speak, I'm never thrilled about it. It's never a pleasant experience. But what has changed through the years is I've stopped being so afraid of it because I realize that there will be resurrection. And that's important. That's hope. And what Lent is, it's a time for us to prepare for that new hope. Now, I know a lot of people give up things for Lent. They give up chocolate. They give up golf. I know, I know. I'm sorry, guys. I know there's some guys who do it, though, and, and it's, it's just I feel your pain. I feel your pain. But you know what I think would be even more meaningful if you want to keep a true Lent? How about give up being right? How about giving up a resentment? Or here's one. How about giving up a prejudice? Let's say you feel a certain way about certain people. How about taking this time to get to know those people? Find out who they are. Find out what they're about. Just because you have different beliefs doesn't mean you don't have anything in common. 
And right now, with all the separation in our country that we're dealing with, I think it's really important that we get back to finding out who we are as Americans, as people, as children of God, which we all are children of God. God doesn't have stepchildren. Even atheists are children of God. They just don't believe it. <laughs> but it doesn't require believing it to be a, a child of God. Now, I don't say that in ridicule. So please don't misunderstand that statement. What my statement, what I mean by it, is every one of us is loved, whether we know it or not. That's good news. And this whole message that Jesus came to give us is about good news, but it's also about really explaining the Old Testament. Now, that's going to surprise a few people. You think, well, he did away with the Old Testament, didn't he? No, he explained it. He fulfilled it. And what continues to happen in the Old Testament is empire. We, and what I mean by that is we had this covenant with God, that God would be our God, God would take care of us, God would take us on the exodus, great exodus, out of, out of Egypt. And the idea of that was that we would not do to others what had been done to us. We would not enslave others. We would have the Sabbath to remind us we are no longer slaves. Because when you're a slave, particularly in Egypt, you didn't have a day off. Every day was the same thing. You got up, you made bricks, you did that all day, you went to bed. You got up, you made bricks all day, you went to bed. Seven days a week. You had no days off. You did this till you died. And in the Exodus, part of our covenant with God is that in honor of our being freed from slavery, we would take a day off a week. We'd have the Sabbath to remind us we're no longer enslaved. But part of that covenant was that we wouldn't enslave other people either. But what happened? Now, King David did really well for a while, and then Solomon came into power, his son. And what did Solomon do? He built a temple. He built a terrace, a terrace for him to walk on. He built this castle. And what do you build these things with? Slave labor. He became empire. And that broke the covenant with God. Uh, it happened again. And so, again, people wound up in bondage, and this time by the Babylonians for many years. And so now we had the new exodus where... Uh, Isaiah says, we're, we're going to do this new covenant. And, and God says, don't look at the old. I'm doing the new thing now. And it's going to be better than before. And where it's going to be better than before is the fact that this is going to be more inclusive. Now it's going to include the Gentiles. It's going to include the Samaritans. It's going to include all these people, including Egypt. And all the people who were at war, who were enemies, to all be brought in as family, to love each other, honor each other, no more slavery. Well, again, we did good for a while, and then we went back to empire. So the good news of Jesus is saying there's something beyond empire. This is a greater covenant. And that's why Jesus spoke with the poor the way he did. Because, you know, Rome had taken over now. Because they become empire again. And so they lost what they had. Not as a punishment, but as the fact that when you're not hooked up to the power source, your batteries die after a while. And that's what happens. The spiritual batteries died. So it wasn't a punishment. You know, take your cell phone, unplug it, keep going and going and going, and then try to make phone calls when you don't have any more power. You got to plug it in, right, kids? 
Well, our covenant is to plug him back in and saying, okay, we'll do our part. We'll do what we said we'll do. No more empire. Well, I'm going to say something a lot of people are not going to like. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know it's going to shock you that coming from me, right? We've done that with America now. We've become empire. And we're enslaving people. We're enslaving the poor. We're abusing the stranger. See, in our covenant with God, we're supposed to welcome the stranger. With our covenant with God, we're supposed to feed the hungry. With our covenant with God, we're supposed to visit the imprisoned, the marginalized, the people who we would call sinners. You know, and um, Jesus is very emphatic about this. In fact, if you go to Matthew 25, he talks at great length about the sheep and the goats. And what, what made the difference? Some people did the things that they said they would do, visited the poor, they fed the, the people who were hungry, they visited the sick, all these things. And, and, you know, Jesus is talking about this, and they said, Lord, when would we see you in all these things? And what did he say? What you've done to the least of one of these, you've done also unto me. And then he turned to the other ones, the goats, who acted like they were quite pious, like what we've done for a long time. And uh, he says, go away from me, because I was hungry, you did not feed me. I was without a friend, and you did not befriend me. I was sick, and you did not visit me. And so we have to do more and give lip service to our faith. During our time of Lent, this is a good time to take stock of our lives, take stock of our faith. Are we living what we claim to live? You know, those of us who claim to follow Jesus, are we really following Jesus? Or is it lip service? Are we hanging out with those we like and not hanging out with anyone we might consider an enemy? Uh, if we're doing that, then we're no longer in covenant with God. We have broken the covenant. We have broken our promise to Jesus. Jesus said, these things I have done, you shall do, and far greater things shall you do. He also said, they will know that you are my disciples. How? By how you love one another. And St. Paul talked about in his letters to the Corinthians and, and to the Colossians and the Thessalonians. And so it's repeated over and over again that we have to not be empire. We have to be loving instead. And for a long time, our country did that. Now, it's not been perfect. But no one's been perfect through the history. But we really did a lot to help other people. I mean, amazingly so. So I know we can do it. We have it in us. We certainly have it in us. God knows we have it in us. But we have to go beyond being right. We have to go beyond being a bully. We have to go beyond telling people that they have to be a certain way to be part of our community. That's not Christianity. In fact, that's anti-Christianity because the true Christian church welcomes the stranger. 
the the true Christian church sees God in other churches, in other religions. You know, one of the things I love about St. Francis of Assisi, and you've heard me speak of this many times because it impresses me deeply. He said to his friars, if when you're walking you find even a piece of the Quran, you're to pick it up, you're to kiss it, and you're to place it on the altar because it too is a search for God. And when we don't honor other people's searches for God, we are not following Jesus. Jesus wasn't looking to start a new religion. Jesus was talking about including everybody in the kingdom, a new kind of kingdom, not a kingdom of the land we're talking about. We misunderstood that. It's a spiritual kingdom where everyone is included, that is run from the bottom up instead of top down. It's really an exciting thing. That's what makes it really good news. And so when we come back from our commercial break, we're going to talk more about this theme, about what it means to keep a true Lent. And you're listening to uh, Viewpoint with Father John, and we'll be back in two and two. The loss of a loved one is one of the most challenging experiences in a person's life. It's hard to know where to turn to make your loved one's final arrangements. Jesse Ruiz at Personal Funeral Planning in Ontario will treat you and your loved one with the respect you deserve. Jesse served in the Marine Corps in Desert Storm and understands what it takes to provide loyal, personalized, and empathetic service to those who need it most. The families of Michael Jackson, Brittany Murphy, Ed McMahon, and many others have trusted Jesse to provide them with the highest level of service and support. To work with Jesse, call 909-762-4027, 909-762-4027, or visit their website, www.4pfp.org. www.4pfp, as in personalfuneralplanning.org. Jesse Ruiz and Personal Funeral Planning, veteran-owned and operated, helping you plan a personal, lasting tribute for your loved one. www.4pfp.org. KCAA Radio is proud to announce that the Tri-City Center in Redlands is our new home. We're fortunate to be located among some of the best businesses in the region. Among our neighbors are Ray Chiropractic, Brace Connection Orthodontist, Pain Solutions Medical Massage, Rent-A-Center, MVP Staffing Agency, Jenny Craig, Salon Centric, and many more. The Tri-City Shopping Center is located just off the I-10 between Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. The Tri-City Center is the mall with the heart. And welcome back. You're tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or on the World Wide Web at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John, and I am your host, Father John Reed. And tonight we're talking about keeping a true Lent. And again, there's some things I'm sharing here that are going to make some people uncomfortable. Well, good gospel makes some people uncomfortable, and that's okay, uh, because... If you're just going to hear what makes you comfortable, then you're not going to grow. And true spirituality always brings about growth. And so speaking about that, let's talk a little bit about what it feels like to grow. I want to give you the analogy of an oyster. Now, an oyster gets a grain of sand in it, and it's an irritant, and it's uncomfortable. But the oyster 
doesn't just do away with the grain of sand, the thing that's making it a little bit uncomfortable, but allows this process to go to uh, all the way to complete manifestation, what happens? That grain of sand becomes a priceless pearl, which we wouldn't have if it just, because it was a little bit uncomfortable, it got rid of that grain of sand. Well, I hope what I'm saying tonight is a little bit of a grain of sand in you that you won't just cast aside because it's uncomfortable, but instead you'll let it go to fruition so it becomes a priceless pearl in your life and in our world because we really need that right now. Uh, we've really, you know, I, I'm writing a new book, and one of, the, one of the chapters in the book is When Did Christianity Leave Jesus Behind? And now I'm sure my upcoming publisher is going to love the fact that I let that secret out already, but you know... <laughs> <laughs> Send me another check, I won't do it. So <laughs> that's called ransom information. <laughs> but in this, I, I'm very serious when I talk about when did Christianity leave Jesus behind? Because the moment we started becoming a membership club, we left Jesus. Who did Jesus hang out with? Did he hang out with the Pharisees? Did he hang out with the people who had it all going on? No. He hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with the tax collectors, the people who were the sinners, the people who were on the fringe that society had forgotten, that society had despised. I'm going to give you a little story from that, and I'll work it into the what this has to do with keeping the true Lent. One of the Pharisees had Jesus over for dinner. Now, that's what you did when somebody was an honored guest, but you only brought people who were of your own status. So you only saw wealthy people there, people who were rabbis, people who uh, had power. So they invited Jesus because this guy thought that Jesus is a prophet. And they're, they're all reclining for supper, and they reclined because they didn't have chairs back then. I, I'm sorry, I know that Hollywood made it look like they, were, they all sat around tables, but it was really a cloth that was on the ground that they reclined around, and, and they would eat together, and they would um, talk about, you know, about the Torah and things that are going on in the, in the village. Well, this prostitute came in, and she goes to Jesus, and she's weeping, and wetting his feet with her tears and drying them with his hair, with her hair. And she takes some perfumed lotion and rubs his feet and oil, and perfumed oil, which was very expensive, and pours it on his head. And this Pharisee is thinking, if this guy was really a, a uh, prophet, he knew what kind of woman this is and would have nothing to do with her, wouldn't let her touch him. And so Jesus, knowing what he was thinking, says to his, his uh, host, a, a man owes 50, or excuse me, 500 denarii to his uh, landowner, and another one owned, owed 50. And neither was able to pay, but their creditor forgave both their debt. Who do you think was the most grateful? And his guest said, well, of course the one who owned the most, the, the owned 500. He says, yes, you spoke true. He says, when you invited me here to dinner, you did not give me the customary water to wash my feet, to wash the dust from my feet. Yet this woman washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You did not 
offer me the customary kiss when I entered your house. Yet she hasn't stopped kissing me and kissing my feet with her love. And you did not give me the customary oil on my head to anoint me. Yet she has poured perfumed oil on me and has loved me. Her sins were many, and they've been forgiven. And that's why she's so grateful. And I'm paraphrasing this a little bit. And she, he says to the woman, go, your, friends have been, your, your sins have been forgiven. Go and sin more, no more. This is the good news. You see, the people totally missed out because they're hanging out with people who are just like them, who had the same respect that they had. And Jesus went even further to say, when they were talking about, you know, why do you sup with sinners and these people? And he says, what does a well person need with a physician? I came for the ones who are downtrodden. During this time of Lent, one of the things we can give up is maybe being so high and mighty. Maybe give up looking down on somebody. You know, I, I live in the city of Claremont, and I feel quite fortunate to get to live in that community. And I'll tell you why. Because most of the people there know the homeless by name. And they take turns feeding them because they see them as fellow citizens of our town. They look, I have one guy that, that is mine to take care of. His name's Marshall. And I see Marshall, and I see my brother. I see Marshall, and I see there's me but by the grace of God. Because I know it's like to be homeless. You know, some of you know my, my story. You know I was on my own at 14. I spent many a night sleeping in parks, sleeping on my high school campus, borrowing somebody's couch. And so when I look at Marshall, I see me. The difference is I've gotten more breaks. Marshall deals with a lot of things I don't have to deal with. Marshall deals with mental health issues I've never had to battle. But I look into Marshall's eyes and I see my Heavenly Father look back at me. And who am I to not want to love my Heavenly Father who's inside Marshall? See, that's part of my trying to keep a true Lent is by seeing God in Marshall. Seeing God in the people that disagree with me, and I disagree with them. And believe me, there's a lot of people disagree with me. I know you find that hard to believe, but there are. And there's people I disagree with. I know you have that. You find that equally hard to believe. You know, we Irish, we get along with everybody. <laughs> That's what whiskey's for. <laughs> but, you know, just because I disagree with somebody doesn't mean I don't still see God in them. There's a difference. But just because I see God in people doesn't also doesn't mean I don't see things that are wrong. Like when we separate families at the border who are just trying to find a better way of life. That's wrong. You can't be okay with that and call yourself a Christian. I'm just going to put it out there. You can't. And if you're okay with it, I'm going to listen to it, the words coming out of my mouth. You are not a Christian. You are going against Christ Jesus. That is the anti-Christ. Make no mistake about it. It is anti-Jesus, anti-Christ. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can't be okay with that and be okay with Jesus. Because Jesus said, you know, woe to the one that does this to these kids. You'd be better to have a millstone put around your neck and cast into the, into the sea than to harm one of these little ones. Well, kids, we're in Lent. We need to take stock of what we're doing because that's still happening. It's just not in the news at the moment, but we're still doing it. We still have children that we don't know where their parents are because we didn't keep records. That's not just sinful, that's evil. I don't care what your political side is. That's neither Democrat or Republican. That's just anti-American to do that. And it's anti-Christ to do it. So if you're okay with it, stop calling yourself a Christian right now. You're not. I'll be real emphatic about that. And if you don't like it, too bad. Take it up with Jesus. Read the gospel. You'll find out that what I'm telling you is the absolute truth. I'm not here to just say things that are going to keep people tuned in. I'm here to talk about the truth. And if I'm not, then you have the wrong guy at the microphone, okay? I like to be entertaining, but I don't like to be full of baloney. And that would be full of baloney if I said that that was okay. It is not. And while we're taking the stock of, of the time of Lent, things we need to look at. When was the last time that we reached out to somebody who's just hurting? Somebody who's trying to get a new life and giving them a break? You know, it's... Uh, it's important to do. You see, Jesus came for people like me. People who didn't have an even break. One of the reasons that I, I feel so humbled about being in the priesthood is I, I knew that I was not brought in by virtue. I was brought in by grace. Grace is an undeserving gift, a gift of love. And that's what I was given. I wasn't even supposed to be able to attend seminary because of my dyslexia, and, and yet now I was able to attend, I was able to go all the way and receive my PhD. That was certainly a gift greater than what I could do for myself. So if God is that kind to me, how much kinder is to other people as well? Again, it doesn't have to do with deserve. God's not into the deserve business. God's into the loving business. God looks at what God's created and says it is good. Read the book of Genesis. That's how it starts. You know, we have original blessing. I'm sorry that it ever turned into original sin because that's not, <laughs> you're starting in the wrong chapter of the Bible. We start out with original blessing. And the original blessing was that God thought and became that which he thought of and looked at it and said, this is good. He said that all the way till he got to man. And then with man, he says something different. He says, this is very good. But we have to continue growing spiritually. You know, what happens when you just put something in the refrigerator for a long time? Does it stay fresh? Does it stay good? It rots after a while, doesn't it? So you got to get fresh stuff. Well, same with our faith. And Lent is a time for us to get fresh stuff, to, to weed out the, the uh, refrigerator and say, okay, that's no good anymore. This is no good anymore. This, uh, I wouldn't drink that milk. It has a funny smell to it, you know. <laughs> and so we say, okay, so what do we replace it with? And we go to 
our understanding of God and say, okay, what would you have me be? A great prayer I have for people during the season of Lent is a very simple prayer. And it goes like this. God, reveal yourself to me in my life in a way that I will understand. Let me give that to you again. God, reveal yourself to me in my life in a way that I will understand. And pay attention. For this whole time of Lent, say that prayer daily and pay attention. And see how God is coming to you. See how God makes things evident to you. Whether you're noticing new trees that you think, you know, God had to be really loving to make such beautiful trees for our enjoyment. Or you notice somebody who needs help. And I mean, you notice them. You notice them so much you want to do something to help them. That's God revealing God's self in your life in a way that you should understand. Or you see somebody who's just fallen. And you, you just help them get up. I had a very ex- interesting experience a, a few days ago. I, I was at BC Cafe. I really do eat there. And there was a guy. He was probably in his 80s. And he's at this table. And he started coughing. And... Um, it became apparent he might be in distress. And I've noticed people were going out of the way to make sure they didn't notice his coughing. And he was coughing loud. And finally, I got out of my chair. I'm I'm, good distance away. And I walked over and, and I, I said, can I get you anything? Are you okay? Do you need something? Can I get you water? And uh, he signaled to me. I said, did, did water go down the wrong way? And he nodded to me, yes. So I said, okay, are you okay? Do you need me to do anything? And he, he shook his head, and he started breathing slowly, and he started being okay. When he went to leave, he came over to my table. He said, thank you for checking on me. Now, that's not to pat myself on the back. It broke my heart that there were several tables a lot closer than I was. And you could look at them, and they were doing everything they could to make sure that they didn't hear this man coughing. They could hear them, but they're trying to act like they didn't. Friends, we're supposed to be involved with each other's lives. We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to be here for one another. People don't mind. You're, you're, you know, we've gotten to this where it's, you know, mind your own business. Neighbors don't just mind their own business. When neighbors see that a neighbor is in trouble, they go over and say, may I help while you're in trouble? And you'll find a wonderful thing. My friend Chuck Chamberlain used to say that love is a divine paradox. When you go out to get, you come back empty. When you go out to give, you come back overflowing. And so I'm inviting you to do this. I'm inviting you to get involved, to find out that, you know, you are what you're giving away. If you're giving away love, you're love. If you're giving away hate, you're hate. Let's be love. It doesn't cost anything to be kind. It's the cheapest gift you can give, and yet the most fulfilling. I am where I am today because of the kindness of other people. And during the season of Lent, I take a little inventory, a little stock of that. Who's been involved in my life that helped me get to where I am? I'm not a self-made man. If you're a self-made person, good on you, good on you. But I haven't met anybody yet who in reality is self-made. All of us. I know there's some people who think they are, but there's always been somebody who helped them along the way if they really looked. And there have been so many people who helped me along the way. 
I wouldn't even be doing this program if people didn't help me along the way. You help me every week. Speaking of which, don't forget to go to viewpointwithfatherjohn.com and uh, to go to the support button and, and continue to help me stay on the air, especially if I'm irritating you. If I'm irritating you, give give double what you would have given. You know. <laughs> You're not going to stop me from speaking, that's for sure. I'm Irish. We talk no matter what. And we're sensitive people. We, we, we cry at a grand opening of a supermarket. I mean, we're sensitive people, we Irish. During this Lent, to keep a true Lent, we have to be willing to see something from a different point of view. You know, it's the name of the show, Viewpoint with Father John. A viewpoint is a, a view from a point from where you are. And what I'm asking of you on this show is turn a little bit and see what else you see from this point of view and see what other people's points of view are and take what you can uh, relate to with it and take some things you don't relate to that you might be able to grow with. I never ask you to agree with everything I say here, but I do ask you to consider it, to see if there's some truth in it. And if there's not truth in it, okay, then don't go with it. But if you find there is, listen to that truth. And speaking of truth, we're coming up to our next commercial break. And if the truth is, if we don't go to it, I'll be off the air pretty soon. And so uh, you're listening to Viewpoint with Father John, and we'll be back in two and two. The loss of a loved one is one of the most challenging experiences in a person's life. It's hard to know where to turn to make your loved one's final arrangements. Jesse Ruiz at Personal Funeral Planning in Ontario will treat you and your loved one with the respect you deserve. Jesse served in the Marine Corps in Desert Storm and understands what it takes to provide loyal, personalized, and empathetic service to those who need it most. The families of Michael Jackson, Brittany Murphy, Ed McMahon, and many others have trusted Jesse to provide them with the highest level of service and support. To work with Jesse, call 909-762-4027, 909-762-4027, or visit their website, www.4pfp.org. www.4pfp, as in personalfuneralplanning.org. Jesse Ruiz and Personal Funeral Planning, veteran-owned and operated, helping you plan a personal, lasting tribute for your loved one. www.4pfp.org. It's time to shop in the cool, relaxed comfort of the Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands, conveniently located on the I-10 freeway between the Alabama and Tennessee exits. Bring the kids too and watch them play in the only indoor fun center, High Five Indoor Playground, where parents are welcomed on the playground. Birthday celebrations are encouraged, so make plans for some great fun at the mall. More reasons why the Tri-City Center is called the Mall with a Heart. And welcome back. You're tuned to KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, or you can listen from anywhere in the world at kcaaradio.com. This is Viewpoint with Father John, and I am your host, Father John Reed. And a quick shout out. How you doing, Frank? The greatest man in the business of sound engineering. (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you, Father John? Good. Always good to see you, and I appreciate you working the show tonight. 
No problem. You've had a busy week, my friend. I've been crawling in the rafters at my other job. So that's right. He's he, he's a rafter dweller. He's he's ascending. I didn't see any creepy bugs while I was up there, though. So it's all good. Oh, that's because I had them for breakfast. They were good, <laughs> crunchy but good. So <laughs> so we're we're talking about uh, keeping a true Lent, and uh, I want to read to you a, a poem that's a favorite of mine. And when I get to the end of it, we'll talk about how, what this has to do with. Lent, and it's called the touch of the master's hand. <clears throat> Excuse me. Twas battered and scattered, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good folks? He cried. Who'll start to bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two, two dollars, and who will make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice. Three dollars is, is, is going, but no, from the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet as caroling angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, what am I bidding for the old violin, as he held it up with the bow? A thousand dollars, who'll make it two? Two thousand, who'll make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice. Going and gone, said he. The people cheered, but some of them cried. We do not quite understand what changed its worth. Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. Well, many a man with life out of tune and battered and scattered with sin, this auction off cheap, to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once. He's going twice. He's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. That is written by Mar, um, Myra Brooks Welsh. And I love that poem because that's certainly my story. And what does it have to do with Lent? Well, it's looking with new eyes. And how many people do we think because of the mess that has become of their life that they're worthless, that they have nothing coming? Some people say they're a waste of skin. I've heard that expression. I hate that expression, but I hear it. But something happens. They meet somebody who we call Christ. Whereas Christ Buddha, Christ Hindu, or Christ Jesus. And for the first time, they hear they have value. For the first time, they find out they too have a soul. That they too deserve dignity because somebody learned to look with new eyes because somebody looked past appearances somebody saw what Jesus sees when Jesus is looking I've shared on the show before that when I lived in West Covina I used to get off the 10 freeway at Azusa to drive home and there was a lady in her late 60s early 70s who was homeless who would stand on the Freeway off-ramp with a little sign asking for help. 
I always kept a couple of dollars in my ashtray to give her. And I'm not saying that for a pat on the back. I just did it because I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's Jesus standing there seeing if I'm doing my part. But more than that, I would look her in the eye and, and I would ask her how she's doing. I'd talk to her. Because, as I said earlier in the show, but by the grace of God, there go I. And one day I happened to have a $5 bill and I handed that to her and she welled up with tears and she says, I can eat for a whole week on this. She said, but more than that, you see me. You see me. I bawled all the way home. And even though I don't live in West Covina anymore, I live in Claremont, I still see that old lady. You see, she did more for me than I did for her. She reminded me of my humanity. She reminded me that I too have a soul. Because sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get so busy in the, the burdens of the day, doing funerals, doing counseling, writing this new book, whatever it is. And I forget, I forget that um, Jesus looks at me with love as well. And he's not interested in whether I get famous or whether I make a lot of money or if I don't make any money. What Jesus is interested in is, am I willing to love? Am I willing to care about somebody else? Am I going to look at the person there on the freeway off-ramp and see them? I'm not just, I don't mean just see them as I drive by. I mean stop and see them and see that that is my sister or my brother because God does not have stepchildren. They're not a stepbrother. They're not a stepsister. They're my brother. They're my sister. But for the grace of God, there go I. That would be me there if it wasn't for the touch of the master's hand. Because I know what that's like. But see, the touch of the master's hand touched me many years ago. And some people took me under their wing and they showed me another way. And they showed me that I too deserved dignity and I too deserved love. That it didn't matter that, that uh, I was living on the street at 14 years old. It didn't matter that um, life was pretty much a losing bet in my case, you know. They taught me something greater. You see, they were the touch of the master's hand. They saw me while I was still a ways off. And they came out to meet me as the father went out to meet the prodigal son. And they put their arms around me and they kissed me on the neck and they kissed me and they rocked me to sleep. That's what true Christianity is. You know, not one of them told me if they were a Christian or not. And I didn't need to ask. I think if you have to ask, there's something wrong. Or if, they ha if you have to tell somebody you're a Christian, well, look, we don't have calling cards. The, if you want a calling card, it's how we love people. That's, you know, it doesn't matter what we call ourselves. My friend Chuck Chamberlain used to say that. I used to love that. He'd say, if you were asking my religion, I'd have to say it's the way I live my life. It doesn't matter what I call myself. The way I live my life tells you everything about what I believe. Am I loving? Am I caring? Or am I a jerk to somebody? And some days I'm a jerk to everybody, you know, because when I'm tired and, and I'm wounded, sometimes it's hard for me to see with the eyes of Jesus. And that's why other people, my brothers and sisters, 
they see for me, and they bring me back, and they remind me. So during the, the 40 days of Lent, our days in the desert, the days that Jesus was in the desert, this is our time to get reset, our time to pray and meditate, to fast, to allow God to take us to a new place, a new journey, to die to self that we may resurrect in God. I know dying scared is scary. I know that the idea of, of letting go of what we believed all this time is scary. I think of the old story that uh, a friend of mine gave, and he calls it Drop the Rock, and he talks about people who are drowning in life, and uh, nothing's going well, and, and they're, they're literally drowning in the oceans of life, and the people of a spiritual way of life come into the boat of spirituality and, and, and the things that work, and they throw them this life preserver, and he grabs this life preserver, but in the other arm, he has this huge rock, which is all of his old ideas, all the things that are going to work, his great plans. And he's drowning. And the people in the boat yell, drop the rock. And he says, it's my rock. <laughs> These are all my good ideas. And so he's hanging on to life preserver. He's hanging on this rock and he's drowning. And he's drowning. And again, the people in the boat yell, drop the stupid rock. And again, he protests, it's my rock. <laughs> and so after a while, he's so miserable, he runs out of, of breath. And without thinking, he drops the rock and it goes to, down to the bottom of the ocean. He comes up like a water skier onto the ocean and they pull him into the boat of, of, of spirituality. And he looks back, he says, God, why did I want that rock? It was killing me. But we don't know until we let go of that rock. Well, lentil season, the time of Lenten, I didn't mean to say lentil. That's a bean. Sorry about the Lenten season. Can you tell I didn't have dinner before I came in? I'm hungry. It's our time to drop the rock. It's the time to let people pull us into the boat. That's the death and the resurrection. And when Easter comes, we are resurrected with Christ, and we see with new eyes, and we have new life. What for? To give to other people. It's always to give to other people. And true spirituality is always pointing to something bigger than itself. Brothers and sisters, remember, religion that teaches to hate is junk religion. That's plain and simple. That's not Christ Jesus. Jesus taught to love. Jesus didn't just teach to love. Jesus did love. And Jesus still loves. That's, that's the only thing we have to offer. That's what makes Christianity so cool. It's not because we wear, you know, some far-out jewelry and we have stickers to put on our car. You know, a bumper sticker of faith doesn't get it, you know. But when we get to love other people, remember, it's that divine paradox. When we go out to get, we come back overflowing. And something will happen. You're going to discover that what you've been looking for, you've been looking with, it's been in you the whole time. Because God hid himself in the place that we would never look. There's the old story that God was talking to the angels. He says, I want to hide myself. He liked to play hide and seek with his creation. Where shall I hide that they will never, they'll never find me, never think to look? So St. Michael said, go to the tallest mountain. They'll never look you there. No. My creation, they like to explore. They'll find me up there for sure. Well, go to the moon. No, I just know they're going to build rockets. They'll find me there. Well, go to the bottom of the ocean. They'll never think there. No, they're pretty creative. They'll go there. They'll find me there. Then it finally says, I know. 
I have the place they'll never think to look. And St. Michael says, where? He says, I'm going to hide myself right inside them. They'll never think to look inside and find me where I really am, right inside their heart. Well, if you're playing hide and seek with God, I'm going to give you the secret. God is hiding right inside you. What you're looking for, you're looking with. You know, that's the great beauty. That's what Jesus shows us, is that we have to turn our eyeballs around to find where, where God really is, which is inside us, which means if God's inside us, that means God's inside of all people. And so for us to treat them badly is to treat God badly. I don't think that's a good bet. <laughs> I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. Because either we see God everywhere or we see God nowhere. Let me say that again. Either we see God everywhere or we see God nowhere. I want to invite you to see God everywhere. And during this time of Lent, to keep a true Lent, I don't care if you eat chocolate. I don't care if you eat meat on Fridays. Take that up with your personal priest or your bishop or whoever you're going to talk to. I do care that you give up a resentment. That's how you keep a holy Lent. I do care that you give up a prejudice. I do care that maybe you consider giving up being right about something that you're absolutely convinced that you have to be right about and get out of who's right and get into what's right. And you give up these things. These are meaningful things. I, I don't think God really minds you having a piece of chocolate during Lent. I don't know why that even became a thing. I mean, we, we, we are so simplistic, you know, give up chocolate or else you're going to ruin God's day. You know, <laughs> you know, well, you think there's not enough chocolate to go around? Give up something you've been hanging on to in your heart that you've been afraid to give up to God. That's keeping a true Lent. It's about letting go of things. Letting go of things that we think we can't do without. What do we think we can't do without? A reputation, our our uh, standing in the community, our you know being the bestest with the mostest with the fastest. Give some of this up, and I want to suggest doing something else. I want you to do something kind for somebody, and don't get caught. If you get caught, it doesn't count. Do a random act of kindness and don't get caught. And you get extra points if you do it for somebody you don't like. But again, you can't tell anybody. If you tell anybody, it doesn't count. You just rubbed out the whole thing. You do that, you'll be keeping a holy Lent. You'll be keeping a true Lent. Because what you'll be doing is you'll be letting go of the old, dying to the self, and resurrecting inside Christ. It doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. And I hope that when Easter gets here, we really can sing the songs of glory because we too are risen with Christ, that we are taken up with Christ and we see God's creation and all that which is around us. That's what this season's about. That's what makes us so holy. That's what makes it exciting. You know, it, that's why, you know, I, I get, you know, really excited during these holy seasons because it reminds me how much sacrifice has been made, not because God was mad at us, but because we keep walking away from God and God says, I'm going to sacrifice more so you won't 
keep walking away so you keep coming back. God is the greatest lover in the world. Every time we, we do bad, he loves us even more trying to bring us back. So much so, he was even willing to suffer on the cross. Not to change God's mind about us, but to change our mind about God. That this isn't a God who goes around getting even. We do, and we try to make God in our image. But instead, a God that keeps trying to pull us forward to bring us closer into this relationship, into this covenant. A covenant. What a holy word that is. I want you to look up in your dictionaries, those of you who still do, those that don't have dictionaries, Google it. The word covenant. The agreement. The contract of two people, of two entities. The covenant that he's our God and we are his people. That we are his hands to do what? To bless all other tribes. To bless all other tribes. Well, we're coming down to our last minute. And I, I want to thank you again that every week you tune in. Uh, next week we have a, an exciting show. We're going to have a, a, a L.A. Rays, which is a very important organization, which brings people who have had great challenges and to employment situations and to training and such. So I hope you'll tune in for that. I want to give another shout-out to, uh, to Frank and say thank you for all that you do. Um, I, I want to give a, a shout-out to... Uh, my friends that have been doing some very special things for me lately. I, I've been dealing with some health issues, as some of you know, and some people have really gone out of their way to try to help me and help me get to some places because driving is not as easy as it used to be. Just ask my neighbors. They watch as I hit the curb <laughs> quite often. But most of all, I want to thank you. You know, I don't take for granted that you tune in every week. I'm deeply honored, and I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled by your emails and I'm humbled by the love that you share with me. And a special shout out to little Boo, our sparrow. Those of you who don't know who Boo is, uh, Gabby and I took in a, a, a sparrow almost three years ago who had a broken leg. And, uh, you know, she's now a member of our family. So all that to say how much I love you. If nobody told you that they love you, let me be the first and we'll be back next week. God bless. KCAA Loma Linda.